What's up, everybody? So I want to let you know that the Alpha Brain Golden Ticket Sweepstakes are still going on. And that's just a rad opportunity not only to stock up on your Alpha Brain or give Alpha Brain a try. Because if you haven't tried Alpha Brain, it's definitely one of those tools that's different than any stimulant you've had and gets your brain firing in an absolutely different way. And that's what our clinical research has shown, and that's what everybody who's tried it. You know, we've sold over a million bottles of Alpha Brain, and the results are in. It works. It's awesome. So this is a great opportunity, though, because if you get the Golden Ticket Sweepstakes, everybody is a winner, and there's a bunch of cool shit that we're giving away, from kettlebell sets to different other products, to discounts. Every single person is going to be a winner if you go to the golden ticket sweepstakes so check it out on it.com slash golden ticket and then enter the code and fill in the entry form there's going to be a grand prize for one of you which is going to be a trip out here to austin and on hq so you'll be able to come hang at the hq and do all the awesome on it things so definitely check it out go to on it.com slash golden dash ticket and get your 30 count or 90 count bottle of alpha brain Beta alanine is one of those products that is pretty much unanimously acknowledged as a benefit for human athletic performance. We've had it in our total strength and performance, but it's such a good ingredient, we wanted to come out with the very best form in its own unique standalone product. So if you're interested in increasing your performance in the gym, take some beta alanine. It's a radically unique feeling. I mean, we actually created a formula that helps minimize the amount of tingling sensation that you get so we can really ramp up the dose have a time release effect and make sure this is powering you through your full workout but for me personally i still feel the tingles even in this formula and the tingles are this unique kind of electric feeling that's going through your body that's telling you you can do a little bit more you can do another set you can run that extra sprint you can push that extra sled you can swing that kettlebell an extra 10 times if that sounds interesting to you definitely check out the beta alanine go to onit.com slash aubrey get you 10 percent off save some money on it it is absolutely legit backed by all the clinical research and i think you guys will dig this product if you're serious about training or working out period i also want to chat with you guys once again about the fit for service mastermind this is going to be four quarterly summits it's going to be a private instagram page it's going to be weekly accountability monthly calls with me This is absolutely the best chance to get in touch with me. Take all these ideas, these radical thoughts and beliefs and understandings like you'll hear on this podcast with Mark Manson. Apply them to your life. Apply that information for your body, your mind, your emotions, your spirit, and just level up. Level up your game. Level up the game in its entirety. So I hope you guys check that out. Again, aubreymarcus.com slash fit for service. Mark Manson has been on the podcast before to talk about his game-changing book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. But he's still, even though this book just went crazy, he's still underrated. He's one of the best thinkers that I've had the opportunity to drop in with on a podcast. There's some ideas that we talked about on this podcast that I'm still literally thinking about every single day. So, I'm really excited to release this. I'm really excited to have you guys drop in. It's in between all of his book projects. We really just get to talk about his blogs, his philosophy, and all of these ideas that ultimately might be flushed out in my books, some other people's books, but just beautiful philosophical, psychological ideas. I think you guys are going to love this podcast. So what's been going on? So you've been writing. That's been like a deep commitment. Oh my God. And then working on like... I'm so busy. Yeah. I'm like 
I'm like, wow, it's light outside. Like this is, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't get out much mm-hmm. recently. What's your motivation though? What, what, what drives you? What gives you the fuel to sacrifice that much to do it? Like what um, is the thing? Well, I'll, it's a combination of things, both internal and external. One is I'm just, I'm very passionate about the projects I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's kind of that same thing. It's like, I've actually, I've got two books in my head. One I'm finishing up, the other one I haven't started yet. But it's like, it's kind of like if I died on the way home today, you know, those would be the yeah, two, yeah. That, that would be as like, oh shit, I didn't get that book out. Um, so that's kind of the internal, like, got to make this happen. But then, um, you know, the beautiful thing about the publishing industry is that uh, people give you money and then they get really, really, really angry if you don't write something. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> So that's that's the external motivation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and that and that post subtle art of not giving a fuck money. That's real money. Yeah, that's it, seri- the publishers that, that hurts them a little bit. That's like pulling off a band aid when they got to give you that it's money. It's serious money. And then when you do what I did, which is you you sign sign up for projects with multiple people, everybody's like nobody wants to feel like they're the the last priority. Uh-huh. Um, so you, you gotta, you kind of have to make everybody feel special, but, but, or, or are you the ethical asshole and you just tell everybody the ruthless <laughs> truth? It's like, Hey, should have paid more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, you're a third priority actually, but I do love you. Yeah. It's just the other people paid more and that's it. I want to talk about that though, because mm-hmm. your fucking blog posts are just you're such a beast, man. <laughs> like, obviously, your book is a beast, and it's yeah. like an amazing, phenomenal success, amazing book. But just the fucking blog articles you write, like, it's really impressive, Thanks, you know, man. because Thank you. they're like, they're work products that are not, it's not just like a blog. Like, usually yeah. you read a blog, and it feels like, oh, yeah, I wrote a blog. Even when I write a blog, it's yeah. like, oh, here's my blog. This is not like the fucking thing. Yeah. But these are like fucking gems. These are like diamonds, yeah. man. They're like they're honed and they're polished <laughs> and they're dope, man. I Thanks. really really appreciate that. Yeah, I I appreciate that. I I try. I'm it's funny because it's I feel like blogging on the one hand, blogging's kind of dying a slow death right mm-hmm. now. Um and so it's actually been, it's been hard to maintain that excitement for posting stuff. Yep. Um especially this last year. Uh, and then with all you know, all these book projects and stuff going on, it's it's so the blog gets put into that last priority. So um, a lot of times when I do, when I do end up writing for the blog, it's either out, it's either like a big kind of passion project. It's like okay, I just love this idea so much, but it doesn't fit anywhere. So it's like I'll, I'm going to put it on the blog, um, or it's just pure guilt. It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I got to give people something, you know, like it's, <laughs> it's like, I can't just disappear on everybody. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't want to do that. So, yeah. um, so then I'll, I'll go find something and, and, and like work it up. A lot of times it's, it's kind of ideas that are left over from the book projects or mm-hmm. that, you know, kind of like B, B takes B sides, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Well, that the article, you know, which one of the points was there's advantages to being an asshole, but yes. there's, also, there's two types of different assholes. Sure. There's the fucking egregious, offensive asshole yeah. that's actually probably not doing the world any good. And then there's the ethical asshole, which is actually an important element. Yes. And also kind of parlays off some of the ideas in not giving a fuck. Right. You know? Right. So explain like kind of where this where this idea came about because asshole is typically vilified. 
Yes. And I think you were able to like reframe it in a way that was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. So one of the concepts from subtle art is, I mean, I guess you would say the foundational concept in subtle art is that we should not be prioritizing our lives around just feeling good or feeling happy. Like there needs to be things that are more important than pleasure or happiness. Yeah, and good life. luck if you make that your goal and just chase that around yeah. the whole time. Oh, like, it's, well, it's you're a, gonna fucking fail. Yeah, it's a know? downward spiral. No matter where you find it, it's it, go it, <laughs> listen to the fucking Roman emperors and have them talk about hedonic tolerance. Right, yeah. it just got weirder and weirder and weirder, and the pleasure evaporated and yeah. ran away. Yeah, you know, for the ones that weren't doing anything meaningful. Yeah, um, so it's. It's kind of an extension of that. And I think one area where people, you know, have the most difficult time with this is is within relationships or with dealing with other people. Because when you when you kind of extrapolate that idea of there needs to be something more important than feeling good, when you apply that to relationships, it's basically you need you need to be willing and able to be kind of a dick to people at times, um, to maintain a healthy and and purposeful life. And um a lot of people struggle with that because it feels bad. They hate seeing other people feel bad. Um, and so they skirt around it. They avoid conflict or, you know, they 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 give in and try to please people and, and do all that sort of stuff. Um, and it's interesting because when you look at a lot of like the personality research, you actually see that this plays out that people who are disagreeable actually tend to do better in their professions. They make more money. Um and to me, that's just kind of like a nice, solid piece of evidence of like, yeah. you know, the people, the people who get somewhere and actually build something and and create something there, it's it's because they're willing to make sacrifices along the way. Yeah. Uh, well, you're you're willing to bear. You're, it's almost like you're willing to bear a certain uncomfortability. Yes. You know what I mean? And like you say, being a dick, but really. A lot of times that's just being honest and yes. being willing to bear the uncomfortability because if you aren't willing to bear that discomfort, yeah. you'll hold this resentment and the resentment will build and build and yeah. build because you haven't expressed your truth. You haven't told your business partner what you actually feel is fair. You haven't told your girl yeah. what you think means you know, a, an equal reciprocal relationship. So yeah. you're holding all this resentment back in. And then what happens is that resentment brews and you feel bad about not standing up for yourself and but you don't really have the courage and you're not willing to feel bad and then you'll choose anger and anger will give you the courage yeah, where you were yeah. a coward before all of a sudden now i'm angry and i can fucking hulk out and not you not only tell the truth but then spew all the additional anger yeah, that yeah. i had before because i didn't have the courage just to be that honest dick right at the start and say hey this is what i need yeah you know and so you we get stuck in these fucking patterns whereas if we can just bear that yeah just bear that discomfort right up at the start it's a different game. Yeah, and one thing I talk about in that in that piece is that ultimately the, the the reason people aren't willing to make other people feel bad is because they're not willing to feel bad themselves. Yeah. You know, cuz it's like when you're able to bear shittiness, <laughs> you're like, "Okay, I can handle it." Like they should handle it too. Mm. Um because this is the truth and this is what this is going to make us both better. It's 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 when people are terrified of bearing that themselves that they hide away from like oh i can't say that to them i oh no 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 well maybe if maybe if i just wait another month like things will like smooth over and be fine yeah uh, and it it just it seems like there's two ways though it seems like there's this almost like the sociopathic way where it's like <laughs> 
you don't feel bad when you make someone feel bad because you don't really think of them as a person. Mm-hmm. Like you've removed yourself so far from the personhood yeah. of the other person that you've dis- disidentified with them enough that you actually don't feel it. And that's an unethical asshole. That's the unethical <laughs> asshole. And there's a lot of those, right? Yes. Because they're able to fucking crank shit out and do, because they don't yeah. look at people as people and they don't have sure. any of that empathic impulse. So they just fucking plow through it. But then there's like the conscious version yeah. which is willing to be empathetic and be compassionate like with that person suffering which yeah. means that you're probably going to have to bear some of that yourself yeah but if you have the courage to actually just bear it and not divert it and just hold and not over respond to it but just like bear like oh yeah i feel that and yeah and then you can move forward with it then you can be the 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 pinnacle of what we're talking about which is yeah. the person who's willing to tell the truth who doesn't push things down the road and wait for anger and wait for sure. a giant fucking mess but can handle shit right at the start plus you'll help that other person get over it yep. fast because they'll see like look like i'm i'm with you like i yeah, know yeah. this is hard and that empathy will actually make them feel comforted to a certain degree and you'll both be able to move through this shit way fucking faster yeah i i and i think that's kind of the defining difference between the ethical and the unethical asshole. You know, another way to think about it is like tough love. Um, a lot of times the best way, you know, the, the classic example is like parenting. Oftentimes the best way to parent a kid is to be mean to them, is to be like, you know, you got to punish them. You got to be like, you can't do that. <laughs> but yeah. and, and you upset them, you know, they cry and everything, but it's, you do it because it's for their own good. Because it's for, it's prom, it's it's promoting growth in both of you yeah. by doing it, and that you know that's the foundation of tough love. And I think a lot of people they don't extrapolate that concept and kind of apply it to all their like. You can be in a work relationship, you can have a coworker who's like fucking up, and the fact that you go to them and get you like get on their case could save them their job, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it comes back to intentions. It's like, why are you being so ornery or such a prick? It's like, are you doing it for a greater good? Are you doing it for a greater cause? Um, and we need people like that in the world. Yeah, and that's uh, it's pretty essential to have that long game perspective. Yeah. You know, it's where like, all right, you have to be willing to bear the temporary discomfort of this, yeah. you know, confrontation. And and there's ways you can do it, you know, and there's an attitude by which you can do it, which can be, oh, I see you and you're just like me. And I know when I've been in that same situation. So I'm not judging you, man. Yeah, I'm not judging you at all, bro or girl, like, because I've fucking been super jealous and I've been lazy and I've been all these things. So you come with them with a kind of that authenticity and the vulnerability like look i'm not judging you but you're fucking up here yeah and this is going to cause these consequences and somebody's got to tell you this shit yeah you know and then and that per- and then they can receive it in a variety of different ways you're not responsible for how they receive it but you have to be willing to do that for the long game health the same with the kids like they have to know like hey you can't just cause a tantrum when all the adults are talking this isn't yeah. just about you, you yeah know? sorry if you yeah. continue you're gonna have to go to timeout, little bud. Like, yeah. we love you, but there's things you need to learn, you know. Like, and then whatever that is, that's just one fucking example. Yeah. But that's playing the long game, whereas playing the short game is like, okay, okay, uh, I'll go get you your mac and cheese. Okay, I'll get you your your pizza. Oh no, you're doing a great job, and I, I love it so much, sweetie. And everything's good. And it's just like yeah. kind of manic. Oh, I gotta, I gotta tell everybody they're doing great, and I gotta make everybody feel good right now. Yeah. 
at the cost of their long-term, you know, health and wellness and sanity and growth. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that those relationships are a reflection of the relationship with themselves because it's people who are not able to uh, be stern or stand up to other people are not able to be stern or stand up to themselves. They're not able Mm. to tell themselves no. They're not able to make themselves feel bad. They're not able to uh, decide like, hey, this isn't in my best interest. So, you know, maybe I shouldn't be like doing coke (laughs) <laughs> on a on a Tuesday night, you know, like it's that's it, fucking it, that's fucking profound. Yeah, so I mean, that's really fucking profound. Say say that again for okay. everybody. Say that one more time for everybody because I think this is really important. You you know how okay you know how I <laughs> I stumbled upon this idea. Um, there's for some reason like everybody in my building decided to get a dog at the same time and like every single dog in my building is so horribly behaved and just like tearing around the halls and like running on the and the owners are just you know all everybody lives in my building they're like all millennials they're all like 20 somethings who who just got their first corporate gig yeah and so all the owners are like isn't she so cute and you know my like my wife is like fearing for her life and I'm sitting there and I'm like realizing, I'm like, you know, dogs, the discipline in a dog is a reflection of the discipline in the owner because Mm. a a relationship with a dog is purely emotional. To be able to tell a dog no, to punish a dog, you have, there needs to be a certain emotional resilience within yourself. And I started noticing that all these, all these, all my neighbors and all these people that I knew who were like, had horrible dogs, they had no mental discipline themselves. Mm. They couldn't say no to themselves. They couldn't stop themselves from indulging on their own emotions. Yep. And I realized that that's like, the dog is a reflection of that. Yep. And it's the same thing with kids. It's the same thing with friendships. You know, if you aren't able to place those boundaries in your in your friendships, you're not, you're not placing those boundaries with yourself. You're not placing them with your spouse. You're not placing them anywhere. Yeah. You know, and it, because it all starts with, Fundamentally, your relationship with yourself is what is refracted and reflected in everybody around you. And it's this uh, kind of like bilateral thing where you can actually look on both sides. Yes. Look how you're treating yourself and you'll see how you treat other people. Yes. You know, look how you're treating other people and you'll also see how you're treating yourself. And you'll also see the way you treat yourself is also how you'll let other people treat you. Mm-hmm. So if you treat yourself like garbage, you'll yeah. let other people treat you like Well, garbage. you want agreement. You want accord. Sure. So if you really have a low opinion of yourself yeah. and people are praising you, you're going to be like, you're fucking missing the mark. You mm-hmm. don't see me at all. Because yep. the way that I see myself is I see myself as a piece of shit. Yep. So I'm going to find someone who agrees with what I see and so, oh, well, look, look, they treat me like a piece yeah. of shit. They see me like a piece of shit. That person sees me, you know? Yeah. And so you'll find that thing. Or if you have a higher opinion of yourself, you'll find someone who can see that holistic higher view of yourself because we yeah. want agreement. We want to be seen. And, it, and this is why when people actually do start improving themselves, some of their relationships break and yeah. fall away because- their relationship was built on that kind of mutual self-destruction. And so when you stop self-destruction, yeah. you destroying yourself, you know, that that person in your life is like, well, wait a second. You know, you changed, man. We used to do Coke on Tuesdays. Like, what happened to you? You know? It's like, man, you became lame. You started like waking up and going to work. What yeah, the hell, man? For the man now, yeah, though. exactly. And so so those relationships start falling apart. And yeah. um it's always it's a it's a very difficult part of you know i guess doing like 
the internal work yeah is you see that reflected and it's a good people. another good check for your internal work is if someone comes to you and criticizes some element mm-hmm. of your personality of your pro- proclivities or or whatever and you get angry if someone's like hey i think you might have a coke problem you're like fuck you man <laughs> like what the fu-? like go go look at that yeah you know go look at that because because anytime you respond emotionally yeah. again anytime you have that anger that's giving you courage to stand up for you but it really comes from fear yeah right but if, if someone comes to you like hey i think you have a coke problem you're like yeah whatever bro like I, like that didn't even land you know like yeah. i'm not doesn't upset me like i'm yeah. fine buddy yeah like don't worry about it and and you're not even emotionally res- i mean i guess you could like blow someone off and be completely unaware sure but like typically the emotional response comes to the things that we're not quite sure it's about. proportional it's yeah. proportional to the things that we don't want to accept yeah about ourselves yeah so and about other people and then the other the other element with this mirrors are so fucking interesting because there's that other side of you that gets annoyed with things in other people mm-hmm. and like and like holds it against them but so many times that i've been annoyed with something and like my partner or my somebody i'm like oh i see that same thing that i'm doing yeah like there's a fucking similar thing that i'm doing that i haven't even looked at you know that yeah. i have been like ashamed to look at and like oh i feel unappreciated well have i been appreciating everything yeah. oh actually no i haven't i haven't been fucking appreciating everything yeah. so like my annoyance with other people is in proportion with some kind of shame and deflection and lack of conscious awareness of the things that i'm annoyed with about myself yeah well and it's that also happens too when you when you leave an identity behind so like for instance um you know when i when i was younger like i smoked for a number of years i smoked for like eight years and it was really hard to quit and i remember for like two or three years after i quit i just had these like intense moral judgment moral judgments against smokers like i would like go to a party and i'd see people smoke i'm like these insensitive (laughs) self-absorbed fucking smokers just like breathing cancer on the everybody around them you know i was just this morally indignant guy but it's because you know when you when you move past something i think i think a big part of the process of like growing past something is you need to disassociate with it and actually kind of become antagonistic towards it yeah you know you have to look at that former self and kind of think it's shit you know you kind of have to be like no no no, i really don't want to be around that and so you start seeing that in other people too mm-hmm. you know I, I ran into the same thing with partying and and particularly like i used to just chase girls till i was blue in the face and once i started to settle down i actually noticed that a lot of my guy friends who were like partying constantly and chasing girls constantly i started having the same reaction i was like dude like, come on man get 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 your shit together like let's get get serious come on yeah, like, you yeah, know yeah, and yeah. that judgment started coming up and i'm like you know i this is just me like i just th- i move past this you know and like this is this was my, part of my evolution um you know everybody else has their their own process and their own timeline and their own direction that they go in and um, it's hard to, you have to like remember to like separate, understand that like your process isn't necessarily what everybody's process should be. Yeah. And your timeline is also not what everybody's timeline. Like some people deal with stuff, you know, something that you dealt with in your 20s, I might not get around to until when I'm in my 40s, you know, like, and, and vice versa, you know. Um, so it's, 
I guess it comes back to that. Uh, what's that quote? I think it's from Plato. It's like, uh, be kind before everybody's fighting a hard battle. <laughs> you know, it's like everybody's got their shit. Yeah. Um, and just because there's isn't, you know, we, we the prism we see every, everything through is our own shit. So and it's our own ego. It's the things that we've praised ourselves for, the things that we've gotten our validation for and blah, and, blah, blah. And the and, things that we've destroyed in ourselves. The, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I think it's really interesting too, though, and I think it's it's healthy to look at this like, okay, you've moved past something mm -hmm. and then like you move past smoking, you move past the chasing girl stage and then your immediate reaction was to create an even bigger distance gap between that with mm -hmm. your own judgment and, and but understand that that might just be a healthy part of the process yeah it's your own shit and you're overreacting yeah. but sometimes the pendulum does have to swing totally a little bit farther back the other way just to give you the room otherwise if you stayed right in the middle you might just get sucked right the fuck totally. right the fuck back in like you almost have to create this yeah. temporarily harsher judgment but otherwise you're just gonna smash back together and maybe that's what people do in in a traditional like relationship too where it's like you finish seeing somebody that you had a real strong sexual connection with but the relationship isn't working and you create fucking mad distance yeah you know what i mean because otherwise if you're kind of in the middle you might be like hey like yeah. one of those country songs like yeah hey, I, what do you want to what are you doing tonight i think it's an inevitable process of just kind of how we all go through life and i i've noticed it with like silly stuff that i've done too like you know it's i remember when i lived abroad i i used to like you know look back at all my friends who lived in the u.s and i'm like <laughs> fucking just countries self-combusting you know and like those poor saps stuck in that shit ridden country and then like then when i moved back to the u.s i'm like oh god living abroad like you know who wants to do that you know it's just yeah, yeah. it's the constant it, it's those narratives that your mind is always spinning for yourself and and one of the things that it does is that you know whatever you is in your recent past that you just whatever you've just recently lost or like moved past it's like your mind kind of copes with that by spinning these stories of like yeah i'm so much better off now. when it's like dude you'd be fine wherever you are like <laughs> it doesn't right. really matter but you know you, you your mind spins those stories and generates those emotions you know to keep you like feeling content mm -hmm. um in the place that you're at all of this that we're talking about like it gets really rad when you have the self-awareness to kind of track it yeah you know and like there's i don't know when your self-awareness about that smoking thing probably came in hindsight right yeah, like yeah. you probably you probably didn't know it at the time but now like if you've just moved past something and then you find yourself being like a little bit of a dick and you're yeah. like oh okay yeah this is just me creating distance and then it then you can still do it but you're just aware of what you're doing you're not that blind fucking bull who's just like seeing red and just yeah. crashing into china and breaking it and doing yeah. whatever so you know, I read I read your recent blog post about self awareness and thought it was great. Like, what are some what is some of your advice on on the levels of self awareness? And eventually, we'll get to the turtles all the way down because I think that's <laughs> fucking hilarious too. Um, I'm trying to remember what my levels were. I wrote that like six months ago. Um, <laughs> this is the, this is the problem is like some some of these people come up to me and they're like, "Hey man, remember that article you like said this this and this?" And I'm like. Oh, I said that. That's pretty smart. Like, <laughs> like I don't remember at well, all. Well, I think you started the article. You started the article as like self awareness is like sex. People think they're great at it, but really nothing much is happening <laughs> yeah. at all. You know, and that and this idea that you know we all think we're self aware, but there's just levels, yes. and layers and steps yes. that you start to peel. But there's also the 
absurdity when you go add infin- infinitum yes. Yes. and you like keep peeling and keep peeling you and peel you become all obsessed day long. with all, all the peeling. Yeah, yeah. And so so it's just this kind of combination of like, okay, become aware, become yeah. aware, become aware, fucking release. Yeah. You know, like let go. So I think I think I remember the the layers. So I think the the, the top the top layer is like actually like what am I doing? You know, which it's surprising how many people aren't even aware of what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> Step one. Um, I'm having gay sex right now. How did, fuck, how did this happen? How did you guys get in here? <laughs> I'm not gay. Why is this man's mouth around my cock? I don't understand. Yeah. It's um a lot of us spend a lot of our lives uh, mentally not with whatever we're doing. Um so even that is like very much a process of like coming to understand like, oh shit, like I'm actually saying these things and I'm actually doing mm-hmm. these things. And I mm-hmm. think I'm being very healthy, but I'm like eating ice cream for breakfast. And um, and it's it's actually very hard to just kind of be honest about that. Be honest about like, all right, yeah, I'm not doing what I thought I should be doing or I think I'm doing. Um the next layer is to look at how well, let's let's just stay there for a second okay. like, what's preventing that all right well we have all of this sh- all of these ideas about what we should be yeah, yeah and all this shame surrounding anything that doesn't fit the narrative of what we should be or what our ego wants yeah so like if we if our ego and, and we want to be healthy yeah but we're eating ice cream every morning we might rationalize it and be like oh, ice cream's got fat and it. it's probably keto like i'm like i'm good like we'll fucking figure some shit out and, and the example you said it can happen so it can happen long term with these rationalizations yeah. about long term habits but it can happen short term you gave that great example of someone who's like hey you seem a little mad no fuck you man i'm not mad bro like what the fuck are you mad i'm not fucking mad yeah. like we've all been in these arguments with uh, with our significant other where they're yeah. like well you're you're angry and they're like no i'm not fucking angry you're fucking angry you <laughs> yeah, know it's like because we're like ashamed of the fact that we're getting emotional about yeah. this so we'll be in denial and sometimes it's short term and sometimes it's long term but i think yeah. it really just has to do with we're trying to make ourselves this idea yeah. of what we are which is and we're ashamed of everything that's not yeah. which is like radical blindness yeah, yeah and it's i mean the brain is 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 kind of a awful thing because like so think about sports you know like it's so fascinating like since i've studied all the psychology for years and years and years it's fascinating when i go to a sports game so mm-hmm. like let's say you're at a basketball game and uh and there's a foul under the basket and it's like immediately half the people in the crowd are fucking angry because they're like that's not a foul look at the replay it's clearly not hitting him like yeah. you know and then the other half of the crowd is like that's clearly a foul that's a that guy's a dirty player and it's like everybody's looking at the exact same thing in like complete slow motion hd uh-huh. and seeing opposite stuff yeah and i think that that like perceptual bias it applies to everything in our life so it's like I, if I think I'm a healthy person, I'm just going to like not even realize that I'm like, I'll look at like a massive plate of French fries and be like, mm, yeah, that's probably 200 calories, you know, like, <laughs> you know, and it's like, I don't even realize I'm doing it yeah. uh, because it's just, it suits what I already believe about myself and, and about the world. Um, and so even before you, you get to the emotional component of it, it's just like your eyes lie to you. Perceptual bias. Yeah. All of us. Yeah. It, it's to the point where it's gotten to the point where like eyewitness testimony in courtrooms is like it's not even used 
in a lot of cases anymore mm. because it's so easy for people to just see shit that didn't happen yeah like it's incredible it's really incredible Yeah, i've always said that nobody watches the same movie yeah like because it's, it could be the fucking it's fucking avatar like a billion people watch it yeah right? yeah nobody watched that same movie because yeah. their own biases their own ways mm-hmm. that they saw things the things that they picked up because you can even yourself you can watch the same fucking i probably watched braveheart 15 times yeah i'll pick up new shit when i watch it this like oh yeah. i didn't notice that that's that's fucking cool things you don't see things that you're aware of things that'll hit things that'll land you can read a second book like two years later and yeah get a, have a totally different reading experience based upon the whole state of your mind, the whole state of your emotions, like what you're able to see, what you're ready to see. It's like when someone you know gets a medical condition, you've never heard of that thing before. And then every fucking 30 minutes on TV, someone's talking about it. You're like, <laughs> is this a coincidence? It's yeah, like, you're no, like, that was, you just weren't aware of it before. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, there's a, a funny example from, there's a psychologist, Dan Gilbert, who like researches a lot of this stuff. And he said, uh, um, what he used to explain it is he he said he was like how he asked somebody he was like how many orange bicycles have you seen in the last week and the person's like i none like i don't know and he's like something really important in your life is going to happen involving an orange bicycle like keep an eye out and he, and he said i guarantee you for the rest of the day you're going to see like six today <laughs> and it's just it's all it is is that your mind your brain's like primed yeah. you know until it, like you read a horoscope it's like an orange bicycle will change your life. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's yeah, like suddenly totally. you see them everywhere. <laughs> totally. And you're like, you're like, oh yeah, my my roommate's friend like has an orange bike and he totally came over and like I heard about this job opportunity, like totally changed my life. You know, <laughs> it's like you never would have put those two things together at all. Um, so yeah, the brain just from from the get-go, our brain is just a wonky, goofy, self-serving thing. And it's uh and, and we're all along for the ride. Yep. Yep. <laughs> we are. That is, there's no doubt. Yeah. All right. So that, that's level one. Yes. Uh, level two. Figuring out what you're actually doing is level one. Level two is figuring out what you're actually feeling about what you're doing. Uh, Even harder. Yeah. So, that, so now that, like, the difficulty just compounds um, because a lot of us, even if we do know what we're doing, we're very poor at knowing how we feel about it or why we feel that way yep well actually that's level three why we feel that way but we're very poor at knowing what how we feel about it so um you know we'll convince ourselves for years of like yeah you know my job's great and then it's like suddenly you get a pay cut and you're like wait i fucking hate this thing (laughs) like i never liked this i've been i've been depressed for five years like (laughs) how did that happen you know and it's we we uh and one way I describe it is is I think I think of emotions as kind of like individual skill sets. So like the same way we're all born with different talents. Um, you know, some people are good at singing, some people are good at running, whatever. Some people are good at anger, some people are good at sadness, some people are good at uh guilt, some people are good at whatever. And then we also develop those skills. So if you're in a family that anger is never appropriate you'll never develop a skill in anger. Mm. You'll never learn how to express it in a healthy way, uh, control it in yourself, respond to it in a healthy way. Um, but if you're in a, in a family that's just, you know. Rageaholics. Yeah, just burning all the time. Um, 
you know, you'll probably still be unhealthy in that area, but you'll actually have a much easier time like getting to a place where it's like, okay, I can, I can kind of express this in a healthy way. It's kind of the, it's kind of the balance though, right? Because you like we need enough of it so it's not ashamed, not yeah. repressed, and able to be like, okay, yeah, here's anger, yeah, and, here, I mean, and, and be able to respond. But then on the other extreme, which I thought was where you're going, it's also can be like traumatic. Yeah, I, the the direction I was gonna is going was like healthy, unhealthy. Right. So each extreme is unhealthy. Yep. Showing no anger is unhealthy always showing anger is unhealthy. Yep. Um, you know, so we all come from families where we're healthy about some emotions. We're very unhealthy in others. Yep. And then we all, I think we all kind of have emotional talents. Some people are just like me. I just never feel guilty ever. Like I, I'm like guilt just doesn't happen to me. I don't know why I, I, I don't. It's like if some, if I do something really awful, I just go apologize. I get sad. But I don't dwell like I don't have that guilt that just eats at me. Um, I had I heard something really fucking dope from uh, Karen Rinaldi, who was talking about guilt. We were just having coffee, yeah. and she's like, "Guilt is the most selfish, narcissistic emotion that the human being can feel." Yeah, because what it's doing is it's taking something that's happening to somebody else. And it's redeeming your own feelings about it by punishing making yourself, it about yourself for it and making it about yeah. you. Yeah. And all of this is about you redeeming you through a focus on your pain rather than just being in compassion and empathy with that other person's pain. You're like, nope, nope, nope. I'm just going to punish myself here real quick and I'll be good and I don't yeah. have to look at them and we'll move on. I was like, oh, damn. Yeah. Guilt's that's, really, that's fucking interesting. It's really destructive. And I mean, I, I think a lot of it, I mean, par, probably part of it is just, you know, innate, but like part of it too is like, I, I came from a family that it's like, if you feel bad about something, my parents were like, well, go fucking do something. Like, don't just sit there <laughs> yeah, and yeah, mope. Yeah. <laughs> like, go do something. Like, go apologize or go make it better, you know? And, uh, and so I was very fortunate that I came from that background. And so I, I just kind of never... Anytime I start feeling bad about something, I'm like, oh shit, better fix it. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Um, whereas in my family, anger was never shown, you know? And so it took me years as an adult to get to a place where I could let myself be pissed off and get to a place where, you know, in some of my early relationships, it's like if a if my girlfriend got angry and yelled at me, you know, I'm like, the house is burning down, you know, oh, like yeah, my yeah. life is over. Like, you know, she's going to leave me forever because she yelled at me about, you know, leaving the fridge door open or something. You know, it's like yeah. these completely irrational responses. Um, you know, so for me, that was that was an area that I had like trained myself and like work at. Um, so I think a lot of the self-awareness about emotions is just through an arduous process of trial and error, like understanding your your strengths and your weak points and and learning how to kind of adapt to yourself almost. Um, understanding like, you know, like I, for me, an, another example for myself is like, I have a tendency probably once every five years, I just get really bummed out. I just get really mm -hmm. like, depressed and bummed out for like a six six to 12 month period sometimes it's not even like nothing even happened and it, it wasn't until i was in my 30s that i had enough of a track record to kind of recognize this pattern and it was funny i was actually uh i was visiting a cousin of mine who i hadn't seen in like since i was a teenager and i was talking to him and he and i got drunk together and and i was like how are things man and he's like i'm gonna be really honest like i think i'm pretty bummed out like pretty depressed and i was like well what's wrong what's going on he's like 
nothing. I just get like this like every five years. And I'm like, I sat there, I'm like, oh shit, I think I do too. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, I think it's just the thing. It's just, that's part of me. You and know? it's worthwhile. To, and this is transitioning to number three, the third level is to ask why. Yeah. But sometimes just even knowing what you're feeling mm-hmm. and not like externalizing and rationalizing yeah, and don't. saying like, but like just, just sitting with it and being like, oh, why? You know, yeah. like, why is that? Because it happens to me. It doesn't happen for long stretches, but it'll happen in periods where it'll just like descend on me. Yeah. You know, kind of like the fog rolls in when yes. you're on the West Coast beach. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, fuck, it was sunny, but now yeah. it's foggy as shit. Yeah. You know, and sometimes it's a dark, heavy fog. And and it's, it's just weird how that happens. And sometimes I can ask the questions and I can like yeah. actually start to allow the sunlight to actually pierce back through just from an inquisition and an inquiry. That happened to me like, uh, maybe 10 days ago was my last episode like that yeah. we're just having a great night things were and just but this fog just rolled in deep yeah. and i just stayed up in bed and i was just talking it out and like talking it out and i didn't know where i was going i was like is it this is it this is it this i don't think it's this it might be this and yeah. like eventually at two o'clock i was like oh i think i got something at least enough yeah that i could actually wake up the next morning and not have it because if i don't It'll it'll go away on its own, you know, sure. just like the weather patterns will change. All emotions do. Yeah. yeah, but there are some ways to like exacerbate, like to f- speed that up. I yeah. found, and sometimes I can get there, sometimes I can't. But if just patiently, with curiosity and no shame, and acknowledgement, a radical acknowledgement of what you're feeling, yeah, you start asking questions, and you might actually find some things that can help you, and maybe it just fucking is, yeah. you know, and you just yeah. gotta leave it. Yeah. One one thing. Uh, I wrote about a few years ago is anytime you judge an emotion, you make it worse. (laughs) So if you're, and this goes for positive emotions too. So if you're happy and you decide you shouldn't be happy, you're a bad person for being happy. You just made your happiness awful. If you're happy and you decide that you deserve to be happy because you're just like the fucking coolest dude (laughs) on the planet. You just made your happiness work. Like, it's just, <laughs> don't just let it, let it be, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, any judgment of anything turn, just, it, it just uh, toxifies it. It exacerbates and, it for sure. Yeah. I suppose on the positive side, like if you're at church or a wedding and something's really funny and you know you're judging yourself for it being, yeah. then you'll laugh harder. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it can be potentially used to your own hilarity advantage <laughs> if the emotion from primary is hilarity. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's um, I think, I, I think the problem is, is when people take their emotions as an evidence of their character. Yeah. Um, so if, if you take, you know, if you feel sad or angry and you take that as evidence of your character, you, that's going to turn into like self-loathing and hatred. Yeah. Instead of just being depressed or bummed out, you are a depressed person. Yes. And you're then, a sad person. And you're, you're yeah. now you're prolonging it or, yeah. or extending it. And then similarly, if you are happy uh, or grateful and you use that as a judgment of your own character, you, you decide like, yeah, I'm a badass because I'm like happy I'm all the time. I'm a happy person. I'm happy all mm-hmm. the time. Well, then you, A, you're going to turn into kind of a narcissistic twat. But B, <laughs> you're you're also, you're not going to be resilient when the bad times come. Yeah. You know, because you're, when that, when the, the, that fog does roll in, you're going to be sitting there like, well, I thought I was a happy dude. Like, what's wrong with me? Self-questioning. Oh, why why yeah. is this happening? You know, it's like, no, man, it's just, we all get happy. We all get sad. We all get angry. Like, whatever. Just let it happen. It's 
Doesn't I think mean that's, anything. you know, and you talk about this a lot. And it's one of the things I love and you touch on it at multiple points, but it's this kind of release of the expectations of identity. Yeah. It's something that I've really landed on as well. Like we're all the things. Yes. Like stop trying to define yourself yes. as this thing, this thing. Oh, I'm, well, it's because I'm a Scorpio. That's why I like to fuck. Hey, everybody <laughs> likes to fuck. Like, hello? It's not because you're fucking Scorpio. It's just fucking everybody likes to fuck. Yeah. Like, but we have these things that we think about ourselves and, and try to like say, okay, this is me. But we're really all the things. Some things may have moved forward or sure. moved backwards, but it's so fluid and it's, it's like so universal. You prefer chocolate. I prefer vanilla. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's the same shit. It's like you prefer making a fuckload of money. I prefer like sitting on a beach. You know, it's yeah. like. For now. And yeah, then like it'll switch. It, and then yeah, it'll like we fucking fluid. Everything's yeah, yeah. fluid. Yeah. It's all very arbitrary. And, and all of those yardsticks that we use to measure ourselves are, are completely arbitrary and self-selected. So um so yeah that's layer two layer two and we actually we actually kind of got into layer three which is which is why are we feeling that that emotion which is that comes into what our values which is how are we measuring ourselves how are we measuring the world what is our definition of success a good person um and so things like you know if my definition of being a good person is that i'm always happy and positive then that means as soon as that negative emotion comes in, I'm going to be completely unable to handle it. Um, if my definition of being a good person is making a shitload of money and you know buying a bunch of Ferraris or something, it's that's going to set me up for, you know, I'm going to be willing to sacrifice my relationships. I'm going to be willing to sacrifice um, my free time, my hobbies, like myself, my health. You yeah. know, all all of these things. Um, that are actually going to make me very miserable. So, um, you know, and and this 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 is the meat of subtle art, which is basically ultimately the yardstick that we use to measure ourselves uh, needs to be a good one. Because if we pick the wrong one, doesn't matter how hard we work, how motivated we are, how much how how much we care, how much we study, we we wake up early and fucking journal for five minutes. Like it's if you've got if you're pointed in the wrong direction. Uh, hard work is just going to get you there faster yeah it's all i've really come to realize like that which you makes more that which you make special masters you to a certain degree yes so like if your definition is money you mm-hmm. know that thing will master you like if, if that's special if that's a special yardstick it's yeah. almost like all yardsticks should be completely arrayed evenly like when you get one of those wall paint things and it has all the little colors or like the yeah. pantone thing if you're a designer and you splay it all out like everything should be about the same length all splayed out yeah evenly but when you got that really long one maybe it's sexual validation you're the partners you're with or maybe it's money or maybe it's career or maybe it's beauty or maybe it's yeah. whatever that thing will fucking master you because ultimately all of these things are ephemeral and all of these things yeah. are shifting and if it's disproportionate that you're measuring yourself on that one particularly special thing then you're gonna get fucked yeah. at some point you know and, it, and that's just the nature yeah. of it. there's a great quote that i love uh from david foster wallace and he says that he says there's no such thing as atheism because ultimately we all have to worship something so like the only way we can really derive meaning from our lives is to place something above ourselves. There needs to be something, uh, like you said, the end of that yardstick, that our young, our longest yardstick, whatever that is, it's the thing that we've chosen is the most meaningful thing we mm. can do with our time on this planet. And because we place it up there above ourselves, 
we're willing to sacrifice ourselves to get it. Yeah. And you have to be really careful what you put up there. You know, sometimes it's referred to as like the God value. So it's basically like if your God value is sex, all right, you're gonna have a great time, but you're gonna make a lot of sacrifices. Maybe because if it's so high, you might be judging yourself the whole time you're having it and not really yeah. actually having it. It might just be like this rapid accumulation. Like yeah. I know people who who's have money as their thing. Yeah. They fucking get a new car, they're happy for like five seconds yeah. and then fucking sullen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it's a weird, weird yeah, thing. You, yeah, you, you have to be careful because whatever it is, it's going, you know, the way Wallace describes it, he says, whatever it is, it's going to eat you alive. So if your God value is like being smart, you're going to feel like an idiot and a fraud all the time. If your God value is being attractive, you're going to feel ugly <laughs> and disgusting all the time. If your God value is being approved of, you're going to feel insecure and lonely all the time. So it's, it's and ultimately what Wallace says is, is he says that this is, this is actually the best argument for believing in a made up God, you know, like, a, <laughs> like you know, uh, whatever, you know, whether it's Christianity or whatever, um, you know, the best argument is that it's as long if you can make something up that's completely unperceivable, then it can't hurt you. Uh, yeah, the other way, which I think is actually accurate in yeah. my own spiritual belief, it comes from you know one of my mentors, Paul Selig, who says, referring to God, yeah. all is of or nothing is. So God is everything. Yes. And then if you make God everything, well, then you're back in reality, yeah. square one again, <laughs> where nothing has, one. A God, nothing has a God value. So yeah, you, yeah, you can create Zeus and just yeah. play with him. And at least it distracts you from these other things that yeah. are actually going to torture you. I get it. But or just say like, oh, no, God is everything. God is the person yeah. I don't like, the conservatives, the liberals, the, the people, the plants, the animals, the, yeah. the atmosphere. It's God is everything. Yeah. And then, then it kind of sorts everything out and you don't have these things that will fucking eat you alive, like you yeah. said. Yeah, I think ultimately the the most successful God values. And by the way, we're getting we're getting way into my new book. So this is this is fun for me. Mm -hmm. Um uh, I think the most successful God values that we create are are principles. Um so things like honesty, compassion. Um, because those are things that are both like you can't point to compassion. It's like, okay, find compassion, you know? But it's it's something Gratitude. it's something that you can live. Yeah. Um, so it's something that's very ephemeral and uh, intangible. So it's it's not you can't like constantly be measuring yourself by it. It's not like money where you're like, well, fuck, I could have like another two million. Uh, but it's at the same time there are all every single day there's applicability to living a better life. Um, you know, so the 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 Greeks called these. They're virtues, essentially, mm -hmm. which is in it's. What was the Greek word for that? Uh, I think it was virtue. Vir oh, was it really? <laughs> <laughs> I think. Well, erite was excellence, but I thought there was like another. I don't know. Was it? Yeah, I don't know. I studied fucking a lot of classical literature, <laughs> civilization, and I don't remember. Right yeah, much, right? I know, right? <laughs> I have some um, good stories about Alexander the Great. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if there's another word for it, but um, but yeah, I think it's. I think it's just. The virtues, which is, yeah. which is, you know, for the the Greek philosophers, it was like, it was like, yeah, it's like bravery, honesty, um, humility, curiosity, things like that. You know, that it was for them. That's what we should worship and always strive for, because those are they're abstract principles that yes, you can never 
completely achieve them, but they make you a good person. They build yeah, good they're, character. They're like guide stars yes. to kind of keep yourself keep yourself aligned. I thought that that piece you did that had Emmanuel Kant's idea. Am I saying yes. his first name correctly? Yes, Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Yeah, Emmanuel. sure. Yeah. Uh, Emmanuel just didn't sound right. Maybe that's like the Spanish version. <laughs> he was German. I don't know. He was so German. So I, I, that's why it didn't probably sound. Probably like a mantra. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Apologies to all German Emmanuels. Yes, I don't know how to fucking say that. But anyway, Kant had this idea, and um, you might actually know the exact language from Kant. But sure. basically, what he's expressing is is the fundamental, and I'll let you say it is the fundamental one rule kind of to live by and yes. i thought that was pretty fucking pretty fucking dope yeah um, kant was kant was a badass and um he he gets kind of i feel like he gets uh unfairly shat upon um by a lot of people i guess undergrad philosophy students but anyway like <laughs> but i didn't shit on him yeah never shat on kant but like kant kant is like He's one of those people that when you just kind of hear a vague, like I really wanted to write that piece because um, I I had heard about his ideas just vaguely, like on podcasts and stuff. And usually when you hear about him, people like make fun of him. Uh, and then I actually went and read him, and it like it was life changing. It blew my mind. It's yeah. actually you know his his uh, his his book on morality was like way more nuanced and fascinating than than anything. Than I expected. Um, so anyway, what Kant said is he said, "Look, like if something is m morally true, it needs to be true for everybody in all contexts. So yeah. it's it can't be okay for you to lie sometimes and not okay for me to lie sometimes. Can't be okay for us to lie today, but not like a week from that. You know, he's like there has to be if something is going to be capital T true." Yeah. It needs to always be true. That and which so, is true is always true. Yeah. Yeah. And so he basically said, like, that immediately eliminates like almost everything, you know, because there's clearly you can't say it's always wrong to, you know, lie a little bit or cheat a little bit or yeah, even, kill. Yeah. Even, and, yeah. Even kill, which is a yeah. fucking crazy one. Like, there's very few situations where I would kill. Yes. But like someone relentlessly breaking into my house yeah. with a gun trying to kill me and my family. Like I have my six hour nine millimeter. I'm pulling it. And <laughs> yeah. one of us is gonna die. Like yeah. that's the that's just the way that that thing goes. Yeah. And so you can't say killing is universally always true to be bad if you're building this morality. Yes. So and I think that's yes. a really keen insight that yeah. he had. Um and, and so Kant, and it, it's funny because he spent a lot of time like kind of twisting himself in a pretzel to try to find a way to like, you know, argue that like you shouldn't kill and you shouldn't lie. But ultimately his theory kind of like arrived in a place where it's like, all right, there needs to be some higher kind of abstract principle here. And um, he, he threw out a few ideas. I think most of them kind of break if you look at them too hard. But the, the one that I really love and the one that really affected me on a personal level um, because it really reflected a lot of the stuff that I found true from all my time kind of in the dating and relationship advice world is he, he had this, he called it the formula of humanity, which is basically saying that the, the test for if something is, is immoral or not is to always, to never treat another human being, 
solely as a means, but always at least as an end. Now that mm-hmm. sounds like super abstract mm-hmm. and like, but it, it's it's actually incredibly elegant and beautiful when you think about it. So it's like, let's pretend, like let's pretend you were like best friends with, I don't know, um, like Elon Musk or something. Mm-hmm. And let's pretend that I really didn't want to do this podcast, but I'm like, damn, Aubrey's <laughs> boys with Elon Musk. So I'm going to do this podcast just to hopefully like get in with them. Yeah. I'm using you as a means to another end. I'm not using you like you are not the end in of itself. You are yeah. not the the sole reason why I'm here or whatever. Therefore, what I'm doing is unethical. Um, lying is a form of treating somebody as a means rather than an end. Um, and all killing form, all forms of manipulation though. Yes, like every form of manipulation is violates that moral yes. policy. And manipulation could even be an act of kindness done specifically for the purpose of manipulation. And this was uh, a teaching that I recently discovered. And I was like, fuck. Yeah. Like, welcome to my whole life. Like, using em- emojis more than I should have. And yeah. I, even, even me turning on my red receipts on my phone, I was like, oh, I'm pretending to these people that I didn't receive the message, yeah. but, you know, and I didn't read it and open it. Well, why not? Why am I doing that? Well, I don't want them to be offended that I bought. And it wasn't using them as an end purely. It was using yeah. them as a means. I wanted them to be in my favor in some way. So, yeah. so like really working on, okay, like honesty, let's really treat everybody with that kind of respect and that truth. Yeah. All, going all the way back to the first thing, like that is, I think, the fundamental, the fundamental piece of morality. It and it's so fucking powerful. Like it, because not only does it capture like everything you and i intuitively like we feel icky when we do it like you said like uh you know the the things on the phone and stuff like like everything that makes you feel kind of bad like it explains that it explains like lying cheating stealing killing all that stuff falls in line like if you steal from somebody you're using them as a means to some other end right unethical um but like from that, like it, it, it's also very beautiful and elegant in that, you know, so for, for Kant, his argument is he said that the most special thing in the universe is consciousness. He said that out of everything in the universe, it's very uh, easy and imaginable for it to be replicated somewhere else, you know, or in some way, except for consciousness. Consciousness, human consciousness is the only, and and back then they didn't think animals had consciousness. So just noting that. But like um, he he said that human consciousness, you know, it's the only thing we know of that is truly unique and you cannot find it anywhere else. Uh, He said it's also the only thing in existence that can create ex nihilo. It can create out of nothing, Mm. something new. and so for him, he was like, that needs to be the fundamental unit of morality. You know, coming back to, to scarcity, like, you know, you value what's scarce. For Kant, he's like, okay, well, the only thing in the universe that's really scarce is consciousness. Mm-hmm. So we need to base all of our behaviors around the protection and the promotion of consciousness. And from that, fundamentally what the formula of humanity is, is when you are treating somebody as a means, what you're doing is is you are interfering with their consciousness ability 
to make decisions for itself. Yeah, you're you're taking away some of their agency. Yes. You know, taking away some of their will. Yes. Because consciousness, you know, is has will. Yeah. And whatever there's limitations on the freedom of that will. But in general, at least I'm a firm believer in this idea of free will, in this idea of choice, in this yeah. idea of agency. But when you shroud the facts, when you hide things, when you, you know, shield things, show only your best side, show all this, you're not giving that person full agency. Yeah. You're you know, limiting their you're limiting You're limiting the, you're giving them a perceptive bias. Yeah. Well, they already have one on their own anyways, yeah. you know? But if you're intentionally doing it, it's sorcery. Yeah. It's a form of, you're, it's a form of brujeria, a form of black yeah. magic. Yeah. No matter how you end up doing that until you let, and then how do you redeem that? Well, with truth. Yeah. You let them know like, hey, I really fucking want you to like me. So you're going to be seeing like a lot of the, best sides of me or whatever yeah. you know and then and then uh but i'm not always like this you yeah, know yeah. and then you can like open it up and they can be like oh yeah that's cool i want you to like me too and i'm probably doing the same thing you're like okay cool glad that we're here you know and then it you'll never escape it completely but as soon as you like open up and communicate it it kind of redeems it yeah. in a certain way and totally. brings it way closer to that that realm of agency absolutely and it and it's and it, it's so my little twist on the formula of humanity too is that it also applies to coming back full circle to our initial conversation of our relationships with other people is re reflected in the relationship with ourselves. The formula of humanity applies for ourselves as well. Oh, Sometimes no. we treat we treat ourselves as means. Oh no! Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. We treat ourselves as means to some other end. God uh, damn and, it! And this is why this is why having a god value of sex or money or fame or whatever is so destructive because essentially when that becomes our God value, our, uh, we are using ourselves as a mean to achieve money. We're using ourselves as a means to achieve fame. And that's inherently unethical. That one fucking hit me, man. <laughs> that one hit me because like- Mic drop, I wish that, I, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go <laughs> drop this drop now. The whole, be, <laughs> Cause it's so fucking true. You know, like yeah. we use ourselves to a means to achieve these goals or achieve these ideas that our ego has or achieve these. And we're, but we're not using ourselves as an end. Like, hey man, are you enjoying yourself? Yeah. Like, you wanna breathe? Like we have these almost like badge of honors for our suffering and our guilt and all of these fucking things that we're doing to ourselves. That it's just basically usury of the self, yeah. You know, and and just recognizing and reflecting on how much of our lives are lived yeah. using ourselves as a means for something else rather than an end, and being like, "Hey, man, like, how you doing, bud? Yeah, like, like how's everything going? Like, yeah. everything else is okay. You know, if you don't want to do that, you don't have to, or yeah. or you really should do that, man. It's good for you. Like, you got this. You know, whatever the truth." true thing of like really treating ourselves with that internal voice not the fucking rampant self-critic and not the blind narcissistic egomaniac that's pumping ourselves up but but the yeah. truth the tough love and the and yeah. the soft love and all the things like that's a fucking really really keen insight yeah fucking Kant, man fucking Kant. <laughs> there's a reason why he, he gets to just be referred to by his last name yeah you get you gotta that's earn that in history no doubt <laughs> well shit man we got a you got a book coming out, so we're gonna do another podcast and go yeah. deeper into that book. Fuck yeah! I mean, we 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 did foreplay with it. Right there. <laughs> good, yeah. Like, good. Yeah. For people who didn't see his hand, his hand was shifting around, just touching lightly. <laughs> so yeah, but we'll fucking dive in because I'll awesome. get a chance to read it. Hopefully, get, yeah. give me one of those advanced copies, and I'll yeah, dump in that shit for sure. I'll I'll send it to you. And, it's uh, um, 
it's gonna be a it's gonna be a mind fuck it's um <laughs> it's really gonna that's be. the title of the book it's going to be a mind fuck <laughs> that'd be a great book title actually. actually last time we were last time we did the podcast we were having a walk and maybe get coffee or something and uh you were talking about the book title yeah and i, and I don't think uh i ever even fucking heard are you if you released that yet is that is that uh um, no book title still secret i think it's still well i've announced it to my readers i mean i could announce it here all Might right. as well start building the hype. Yeah, why not? What's the book title? Uh, so the book title is, uh, it's going to be called Everything is Fucked, A Book About Hope. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And it's, that uh, was not the idea that you were kicking no. around on the sidewalk <laughs> last time we had a podcast, but it's fucking perfect. So that yeah, lo- perfect. look for that spring 2019 and I'll be back to promote it. Yeah. It'll be it'll be the the final installment of the Mark Manson trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Thanks for coming by, brother. Good, yeah. good to see you, man. Good and you. Uh, everybody else, follow check out his fucking blog, uh, markmanson.net, is yep. that right? Yeah. Um the posts are so good. Like they're so good. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta read it. Thanks, man. Do I that. Appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast as much as me. Definitely check out his blog, as I mentioned. Check out my blog. Leave a review. Look at the videos. Poke around. Explore. Find some things. Follow all the social media channels. That's the way to keep in touch. That's the way to make sure that you have that steady drip of whatever it is that you're looking for, inspiration, new ideas, new ways of looking at the world, you know, all of that cumulatively adds up to improving and optimizing all of our lives. That's the point of this whole thing. So deeply grateful for all of you. So much love. I'll see you next week.